You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast, episode 479. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP479. Oh, well, hey there. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing, or your partner asks what's bothering you, and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Well, hello, pod people. I am so excited to connect with you today. We are starting a brand new series all about women's health. And I'm about to give a quick call to a dear colleague of mine, Dr. Saru Bala, and she is just such a fucking badass. Let me tell you a little bit about her because this whole series, this whole concept around women's health, we're going to be talking about just a couple of areas that pertain to women's health, like periods, like stress, like some of the things that are sort of disproportionate to women that we kind of feel like we just have to deal with and you just have to write it out instead of really finding some significant solutions for. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Bala about that in particular. And I'll tell you what, At one point, I was cruising through Instagram. I was looking at some of her videos, actually, and I got stopped in my tracks because she was doing a video series about period pain, and she was talking specifically about how one of the things that she was going to be teaching her daughter, she's recently had a a baby girl, and she knew that one of the things that she was going to teach her child was that periods don't have to be painful. In fact, painful periods aren't normal. They aren't normal. They're common, but it's not necessarily something that we should just be dealing with and moving forward. So she is all about how to treat discomfort with your periods, discomfort with with hormone issues, all of those things that we kind of just keep knocking on physician's door going, wait a minute, should I be feeling this way? Uh, I feel like all of my girlfriends are feeling this way. And every time we go to a doctor, they just say, oh, all your labs are normal. So what the fuck do we do with that? So I'm going to give her a call and just kind of pick her brain a little bit about women's health and what is it that we can do about it. So we're going to be starting this series. I'm going to be talking to you next week on a solo episode. And the week after that, we'll have another guest. 
Before we jump in and I give Dr. Bala a call, hopefully she's able to pick up, I want to give you just a little background about who she is. She's a licensed naturopathic doctor, an ND, with a degree from Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. Prior to attending medical school, she received her bachelor's degree in neurobiology. From University of Texas at Austin. I just, I'm laughing because of the smartness. I'm laughing because I study business. <laughs> and yes, I definitely think there's intellect and I don't ever want to compare, but yet that's how we always are as humans. And neurobiology is just so fucking badass. I don't even know what to do with myself. So she has done extensive training in the area of women's health and naturopathic endocrinology. And currently her primary focus is on managing chronic hormonal issues such as PMS, period pain, heavy bleeding, hello, fibroids, endometriosis, Hashimoto's, fertility, and other women's hormonal health concerns, which I just have to say, being at this particular age, I'm going to be 44 in May, I feel like I am nonstop talking to my friends, my best friends and colleagues all about our goddamn middle age ailments. So if that's you, you definitely want to be on this while I give uh, Dr. Saru Bala a quick call and see if she can help us on some of this stuff. Hello? Dr. Saru, it's Amy Smith. How are you? Oh my God. Hi, how are you? So, okay. I'm great. Uh, thanks to you. Uh, but I am over here. I'm hanging out with the audience. We've been talking about all sorts of things related to female health. And I thought I have got to give you a ring and see if you have a little bit of time. Do you happen to have a little bit of time where you can share some knowledge? Oh my God. You are absolutely in luck. I just changed my tampon. So I have an entire hour before I probably have to go change it again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, because I know you've been talking a lot about heavy bleeding lately. Yes. Let's just jump right into it. Okay. Like just, yeah. So I think the folks listening know that I don't really shy away from a challenging topic. So I I want to talk about all things period. I know that's something that's really in your wheelhouse, but something caught my eye. I was watching some of your TikToks and you have one about the things that you are going to instill in your daughter who mm -hmm. is quite young still. She is. Um, she's a year old. So yeah. So we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a little bit of time, but you talked about three specific things that you wanted to make sure that you imparted to her. And one of them was that it's a fallacy that periods need to be painful. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went, okay, that it's not normal, right? Like this idea that like, oh, period pain is normal. It's normal. It's normal. So then I got started thinking, what the hell is a normal period? 
especially with pain. My biggest thing that I like to tell people is when anywhere else in your body, if you're having pain, would you write that off as normal? Like if you have back pain, is that normal? If you have chest pain, is that normal? If a man had ball pain, would that be normal? Would he ever just be like, oh, this is normal. This just happens to me and the whole world just gets behind it. No, that would never happen. So same thing with us. Like, why are we just writing off that we should just have pain. And when your doctors say that's normal, you just take that as like, yeah, that's normal. It's not. So that's the first thing I like to make clear to people. The second thing is discomfort. Yes. Discomfort is to be expected. Like literally an entire organ inside your body is contracting to expel its lining. Like, of course, that's not going to be a walk in the park and it's not going to be comfortable, but it shouldn't be painful. It should be the same level that you feel Like the soreness you feel after you work out at the gym, like, you know how your muscles are just kind of like, oh, they're sore and stiff. Like this is uncomfortable. You're not calling out of work because you went to the gym yesterday. You are not canceling your plans because your muscles are sore. That's kind of the level of, of discomfort you should feel during a period. That's normal pain to the point of dizziness or vomiting or nausea or having to cancel your plans and sit out on things and being curled up on your bed and not able to do anything. None of that is normal. Okay. This is really interesting for me because I I tell my husband, (laughs) like, (laughs) imagine being sick Mm -hmm. every fucking month. Imagine that, right? Like it, they couldn't handle it. Like, let's be honest. Like, oh, we know we know how the birth control testing went on men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they couldn't handle the side effects. I'm a little bit cynical today. So as far as navigating the various things that happen during your menstrual cycle, pain feels to me like it's just one of the elements. I also have irritability or I'm extremely sad and vulnerable and kind of emotional and fragile. Other times I, you know, it's the irritability where I want to kick my husband in the teeth (laughs) (laughs) and and he's being sweet. It's like, he's doing nothing, but he'll just say something like this last cycle. He, he actually said what? Cause he didn't (laughs) hear me. And I was like, how dare you? Do you need hearing aids? <laughs> the shower and I'm trying to yell in the shower. And it was so not his fault at all. But so there are a myriad of different things that we experience symptom wise. Mm-hmm. What of those elements, cravings or um, bloated or, you know, all of those other things that come along, how normal are those? I like to say that not many of them are normal. The bloating, like the feeling of like heaviness and fullness, like in your abdomen can be normal because progesterone can cause that. The level of it also depends too, but you know, typically irritability and mood swings and um, headaches or migraines or breast tenderness, all of those we can attribute to hormonal imbalances and hormonal fluctuations that we are able to fix. And the reason I say they're not normal is because after I work with women for a few months, they're like, oh my God, all of my symptoms disappeared. So the fact that I know that there's so many women out there having periods where they don't have these symptoms, 
I know that it's not something that we should just cast off as you're a woman, you're being emotional. It's your time of the month. Like that bullshit. I fucking can't stand like yes. telling me that, that it's because of my period. Like, first of all, there's so much we can do about it. Like I know nobody wants to feel that irritable. I know nobody wants to feel that emotional and like low and then high and then irritable. And like, none, we don't want to go through that. Right. And so I don't think we should just be like, Oh, you know, you're on your period. Like, of course you're emotional. Of course you're quote unquote crazy. Yeah. There's so much we can do. I find that especially with the mood swings and, and kind of the emotional symptoms, what I typically find is uh, blood sugar stabilization plays a huge role in your moods. And so when we can work on that piece, when we can um, make sure your insulin levels are stable throughout the day, your blood sugar is staying stable throughout the day, that actually helps a ton with your, um, with those PMS symptoms. The second thing is going to be your stress levels. I was working with this one girl who we did everything else. All of her other symptoms went away, but that irritability, that PMS just kept lingering. And I was like, listen, your stress levels at work are like 10 out of 10 all the time. You are in fight or flight all day long. That is affecting your nervous system. That is affecting your hormones. That is affecting your periods. We'd worked together for like six months. And finally she was like, Dr. Mala, I said, fuck it to work. And I took off a week and I just had a whole reset. I felt so much better. The next period was, I had no symptoms. So it's truly one of those things where your stress levels play such a huge role in these long-term things. And you may not connect it. You may not think like, oh my God, I'm stressed every day. That's that's why I have PMS symptoms, even though it's only happening that week before your period, it still can be a significant correlation. I'm so glad that you brought up stress management Mm -hmm. because this is one of those issues. I'm going to be a bit of a contrarian here because I, (laughs) I had one of my clients say to me, (laughs) she, and I know you're a fan of yoga. So take this with a grain of salt. (laughs) She goes, if one more fucking person tells me all I need to do is yoga and just calm down and mitigate my stress, I am going to punch them in the face. And I'm like, well, that's also that rage is partially because of the stress, right? But but I think that because of all of the pressure that a, that the a typical American woman faces, where it you have to wear all of these hats and you have all of these responsibilities, that the idea of lessening stress is almost like a sheer act of God that it would take to change that. So I see a lot of women really dismissing that idea, being like, I don't have time to lessen my stress. Like I am in such fight or flight. I am constantly putting out fires that I don't, and all of them feel emergent. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to create any extra time for myself. And then, and then it becomes a a sort of an arsenal of different things where we're over caffeinated to try to function throughout the rest of our day. And then that fucks us up and Mm -hmm. all sorts of different things. So what would you say to somebody who's like, <laughs> cute, stress? Um, I'll get right on that. Like, yeah. No, and I like totally was that person where I was like, yoga, I hate yoga. And literally when I was in med school, like everyone around me was a fucking yoga teacher. So like, yeah. here I am being like, no, no, I hate yoga. Um, I my thing to that is it really doesn't take more than like a 20, 30 minute wind down routine before bed. If you can figure okay. out how to wind down your nervous system before you go to sleep, get quality sleep, fall asleep easily, stay asleep through the night, wake up feeling refreshed. 
half of your problems will disappear. You're going to feel more capable of taking on the day. You're going to have more energy when you wake up. You're not going to feel like you're waking up with this cortisol spike being like, shit, I have a million things to do. And just like jumping out about doing those things. If you can really take the time to wind down before bed, tell your nervous system that, yeah, we had a really long day. It was a lot. We did a lot of shit, but here we are winding down. I want you to go to sleep, not in a stress state, but in a relaxed state so that we can actually get the things we need from our sleep. That will make all of the difference. I cannot tell you how many times I work with someone. And the first thing we do is work on their bedtime routine. And that changes everything. They're like, oh my God, I'm sleeping so much better. I wake up with more energy. I don't feel as overwhelmed because they're sleeping. I think most of us are just not even getting quality sleep. Like we're, if you're falling asleep, the second you hit the pillow, you are going to sleep exhausted. You are not giving yourself that wind down or on the other end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. If you are just so stressed and your mind is just racing and you can't turn it off that again, you're going to sleep in a stressed state. You're not going to be able to get into that deeper parasympathetic state that we need for recovery during our sleep. So if you're sleeping in a stressed state, you're going to wake up in a stressed state and be stressed. So it really, you know, a 30 minute wind down is typically what I say. The three things I like to mention are an hour before you turn uh, an hour before you want to go to bed, turn off all the lights in your house, keep it as dark as possible. Bonus points. If you can do that after sunset, just keep your house really dim after the sun goes down, because that's what helps us secrete our own melatonin. And when you can make your own melatonin, you're going to feel tired. I have, I have patients who are like, um, Dr. Paula, like by the time I get home and I eat dinner, like I'm just so tired. I'm like, yeah, what time is that? They're like 730. I'm like, yeah, 730. That's a normal time to be tired. Let yourself be tired. You don't have to be, you shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be doing stimulating things at that time. Um, you know, like even if you are hanging out with your kids and taking care of your kids, do non-stimulating activities with them, read a book, do, turn the lights down low, like do something because that's not only going to help you, that's going to help them too. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my, I love that turn off the lights, get that melatonin active, do non-stimulating activities, um, at least an hour before bed and then give yourself 30 minutes with no screens. Yes. Screens are just overstimulating you, your brain. You're going from one topic to the next, to the next, to the next. There's no way you can process all that information. If you're reading a book, if you're reading a magazine, if you're reading something, you're only on that one topic, that one, you know, uh, thing for whatever the length of time you're doing. Whereas when you're on your phone, when you're on your computer, you're just, your, your mind is just so stimulated TV too. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things, we just want to give ourselves a break. The reason if you do have racing thoughts, when you lay down at night, it's because you never gave yourself a minute to not do anything. The first time you're right. not doing anything all day is when you lay down. So give yourself 30 minutes to just not be stimulated, not, you know, be scrolling through your phone, not be watching TV, not be checking emails and let your mind kind of wander and do what it does. Read a book, write, you know, a to-do list. If you really feel like things are all over the place, you didn't get stuff done. You need to do stuff tomorrow. Write down your to-do list, everything that's on your mind. I love brain dumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, take a bath, do your skincare routine, do whatever else you want to do that doesn't involve screens. Then the last 10 minutes before you go to sleep, I like to say, do some breathing. If you are new to breathing, if you don't want to do a meditation, that's fine. You don't have to do meditation. There's an app that I really love. It's called Breathly. It's free. Mm -hmm. Just go in, 
And the reason I love it is because it has um, a voice, a guided breathing. So it'll basically be a lady's voice that says inhale and exhale. That way you don't have to look at the screen because I know I said no screens. And it'll just say, you know, inhale for four, exhale for six. And that's what I love. You can just hear her say what you need, like basically just helping you kind of breathe. And that longer exhale is always going to help to trigger that parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system, which is going to counter that sympathetic fight or flight response. So that's when we can finally, it basically is telling our brain we're safe. We're not in any danger. We're not running from a bear. We're not, you know, in trouble. We're okay. If you can get into that state of, of, uh, parasympathetic, sorry, that parasympathetic state before you go to sleep, you are going to fall asleep really quickly. Typically most people don't even make it through the breathing. They fall asleep before it's over. Um, you're going to fall asleep easier. You're going to be able to stay asleep through the night and just get that deeper level of sleep so that you are recovered and feeling better for the day in the morning. I really appreciate those very specific tactics because I I deal a lot with very high achieving women, as I'm sure you do, because mm-hmm. they burn themselves out like crazy, yep. uh, very high achieving women. And so if we give them something like breath work, they want to take a whole fucking class on breath yeah. work and they want to do an hour a day and they want to, and I'm like, oh my God, no, just some baby steps. And I think one of the things just to talk about this whole stress mitigation process is what you're doing right now isn't fucking working. Mm-hmm. Like that's the the blaringly obvious thing and sort of the work that that I do and what I talk about all the time is how can we get some boundaries in place? Like where are you saying yes when you really need to say no? And where are your obligations happening that are not really things that you want to be tending to. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there are all these different multifaceted elements that that we're dancing around here, but I love 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 this kind of sleep hygiene mm-hmm. idea because we've we've really compartmentalized, I'm sure you saw this a lot with med school like okay, sleep issues go over here. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. hormone issues go over here. And we don't want to talk about how everything intersects. Absolutely. And, there was a, uh, speaking of sleep stuff, there was another TikTok that you had done recently <laughs> about uh, labs. I got my labs back yeah. and congrats, they're all normal. Yeah. And and how you were like, yeah, but did you test for gut health? Did you test for liver metabolism? Did you test for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, autoimmune issues, blood sugar regulation, all these different things. So can you talk a little bit about if there is somebody out there listening going, Okay, I thought I just go to the doctor and get my hormones tested and now they say it's normal. Now what the hell do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say blood work is only one part of the puzzle. It's one piece. You can't say the whole puzzle is finished because the lab work was fine, right? You also have to like you said, you have to check out on your gut health. Did they ask you about what you're eating? Did they ask about gas or bloating or how often you're pooping or what the consistency of your poop is or do you have acid reflux or any other gut symptoms because your gut is a huge factor for hormonal health. If you have any amount of gut issues, you're going to have hormonal issues. If you don't have them now, they will happen later. So it's really a matter of time. If you have gut issues on when you're going to have hormonal issues. 
Um, because your gut is excreting your hormones. Your gut is what is responsible for getting rid of estrogen. Your gut is what's responsible for creating inflammation. Most of our immune system is in our gut. And what is our, our immune system responsible for? Inflammation. So it's really affecting not only your hormones, but so many other aspects of your health. So if the, if your gut health wasn't addressed or asked about, that's a huge one. Another one is going to be your sleep. Like we talked about, what are you doing in the hour before you go to bed? Do you have trouble falling asleep? Do you have trouble staying asleep? Do you wake up feeling rested? What's your energy level like throughout the day? All of that is really important. What are your stress levels like? How do you orient to your day? What is going on um, in your day to day? Are you always operating at a 10 out of 10 stress level? Because you're going to be you're going to get sick a lot and very often. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know personally, you were talking about this before. Where are you setting your boundaries? What do you need to do? I find that if I'm getting sick, like every month or every other month, I'm like, shit, I need to set better boundaries. I need to take some things off of my plate because clearly I'm not able to handle it all. Um, so that's another thing. You know, if you feel like you're chronically sick or you just get sick really easily or often, again, let's look at your stress levels. Let's look at how you're managing that. And then we also want to look at movement. That's a huge one. There's so many of us who just wake up, we go to the kitchen, get some coffee, then sit down at a desk and work all day long and then sit on our couch and watch a show and then go straight to bed. That is just a recipe for you're going to have back pain, you're going to have neck pain, you're going to have shoulder pain, you're going to have metabolic issues, you're going to have so many issues if you're not moving your body. And I don't care how you move your body, do yoga, don't do yoga, go for a walk, do what you enjoy doing, but you have to find something that gets your body moving. So all of those pieces are going to be important and you can test for those even further than you may have gotten tested. But again, even I, with my full panel of blood work that I do, I often see women who like everything looks great. Everything looks normal. And that's okay because there's so many functional pieces that are not going to show up on labs, right? Labs are showing you when there's a pathological issue going on. That's when things are really off is when there's a pathological issue. You may not be at that point, which is good, but you may be at the point where you have PMS symptoms and you have period pain and you're bleeding really heavy and you are getting a period every couple of weeks and you're not sleeping well. Those kind of things don't always show up on labs, right? But it shows up in your life. And so those are the life pieces that we need to assess. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. 
shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course, can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen, it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice, take up space and advocate for their wants, needs and opinions like yesterday. And if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group, you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say, if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area, and it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bold truth. That's betterhelp.com slash bold truth or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm really glad that you touched on gut health because I feel like such a novice in this. I have seen so many different holistic health practitioners. I know that this is a thing. Mm -hmm. Can you describe, just tell us what the fuck the gut is? (laughs) (laughs) What does it entail? Uh, Where do we even begin? I feel like I would mean at least a year to talk about. Oh, well, I'm glad it's not simple. No, it's not. It's not at all simple. I think I simplified it by saying that it affects everything, right? That your immune system is there. Your hormones are getting excreted there. It's responsible for a lot of metabolism of all of your nutrients, of course. And also some of your neurotransmitters, serotonin, you know, like if you have mood issues, we can look at your gut. If you have ADHD, we can figure things out with your gut. If you have depression, we sometimes look at your gut. There's a lot of mood disorders that can stem from gut health issues too, or at least be exacerbated, right? I mean, there's of course a mental health component and then also a physical component. So your gut is just so nuanced. I don't even know where to begin with that. 
Is it like when we talk about the concept of the mind versus the brain? Is it that sort of a thing? Because I'm like, where is the gut? It's not an organ, right? It is. It is. It's your entire GI system from your mouth okay. to your anus. Yes. Your esophagus, your stomach. So like your digestion. Colon, your digestion. Yes, exactly. But when, specifically when we talk about gut health, we're thinking about more so your colon. That is where most of the okay. magic happens. But when I say gut symptoms, that can be anywhere from like canker uh, sores to heartburn to acid reflux to indigestion to bloating to gas to nausea to, you know, constipation, like all those things that we mentioned before. So anywhere Got down it. from mouth to, to anus is symptoms can happen. But typically when we are thinking about the gut, we want we're kind of thinking about your microbiome, your flora, your colon. Got it. Okay. Yes. That's what I needed. I was like, can I see it? Can I touch it? Where is it? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, yes, you can touch it. You can see it. You'll definitely feel it. (laughs) Right. Okay. That is, that's super helpful. So that being said, it's incredibly important that you have all of those various things assessed because there's just a litany of different things that could go wrong or be affected by it Mm -hmm. because it's such a it's such a substantial system, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for teaching this little life coach a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that so much. One of the things that I have a difficult time with is I'm already pretty clear that I'm usually going to be disappointed by traditional Western medicine. Mm-hmm. What I'm not clear about is what sort of alternatives are worth my time and effort. Now, I recognize that this is obviously going to be opinion, but I have worked with folks who are chiropractors who do a lot of alternative healing stuff. I've worked with naturopathic doctors. I've worked with uh, Chinese medicine and acupuncturists who do a lot of stuff through herbal healing. Mm What are your thoughts of like, how do I know that this is a practitioner who is well-versed and understands the body, but also is beyond sort of the limitations of Western medicine? How do you know who you can trust, basically? It's hard. That's a really hard question because with any profession, there's a wide range of, you know, good people and bad people as far as how well-trained they can be. Word of mouth is always good. You know, if you have people who are Mm -hmm. referring you to someone, that's always a good, a good tool. The other thing is it depends on the person. I know people who are very, very kind of woo-woo and a lot of the people that I see probably wouldn't vibe with them, but there are other people who I do see that probably, or who they see that wouldn't vibe with me. They're like, she's too X, Y, Z. So I think, you know, your preference, your style, your energetics play a huge role in it too, because there's so many doctors that I've seen where I'm like, you could be telling me the same thing as this other person, but I just hear it better from them, from the way they say, the way they, they approach the same thing. You can go to one ND, go to another ND, come to me. I 
can be, we can all be addressing the gut health in so many different ways, right? There's, there's not one. And that's what I love so much about integrative and naturopathic medicine is that there's, we have so many tools in our box and there's so many different ways we can tackle the same problem. So it really, I think just comes down to, do you like that person? Do you like what they're about? Do you like how they present you and how they will be treating you? Because mm-hmm. they're going to be your, they're going to be part of your health journey. So if you don't like right how they're doing something. If you don't like the way they presented something, if they didn't educate you enough, if there's something you didn't like about them, don't go with them. I think having that like first initial intro call, which most I feel like practitioners do have now is really important because you get a good sense of, is this person going to be a good fit for me? And vice versa. The practitioner can also get a good sense of like, am I going to be able to help you? Are you going to vibe with how I do things? So I think it's kind of a mutual thing and figuring out if they kind of match where you're at is important. Energy. I mean, what a concept, right? (laughs) That is really, really helpful for me to hear that there are multiple paths to healing Mm -hmm. because I think in the way we've kind of been trained with Western medicine is there's a protocol. Oh, you experience this. You always take this pill. You have this pain. You always do this surgery. I will also say that that is also like a green allopathic thing. So that would be probably a red flag for me with an integrative provider. If they're like, okay, this on a lab, you're going to take this supplement. I saw this on your lab. So you're going to take this supplement and you just have Instead of a pill for an ill, you have a supplement for the ill. And that is also kind of like, well, if you left with 800 supplements based on your labs, also not good. You want the full picture. You want more lifestyle things, more nutrition things, things that are daily habits and not thousands of supplements that you need. Yeah. Because ideally you want to be getting it from the sun and Mm -hmm. your food and yeah. And you know. In our world now, you might need to be on a couple of supplements on a longer term basis, which is fine. But if you're on more than like five supplements, which I've seen so many times, it's too many. And if we're not addressing all the other pieces, how you're sleeping. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. If you weren't addressing all of those first and then adding supplements, then yeah, no use. So what I'm hearing you say is <laughs> supplements, lab testing, all of those things are, they're all pieces of a puzzle. Exactly. And if we put too much stock in one thing, then we're missing out on all these other things that need attention. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that from a hypnosis standpoint, because I do that as well. Oh, nice. And I'm like, this is not going to just magic. This doesn't mean you don't have to use your fucking tools. It's like, there's still other parts of your psyche that you need to work with. So, but it can help, right? Like it can make your job a shit ton easier. So yes, I'll take that option. So I've also heard you talk about this idea of balancing your hormones, right? Like we get all of these awesome little buzz terms that Mm -hmm. float around social media or whatever. That's one. Mm -hmm. What the hell does that mean (laughs) to someone who's actually trained from an ND? What does, what does that mean? It just means that you're not having symptoms. So there's no, you know, perfect number on the labs. There's no perfect, whatever, whatever. It's literally when things are in balance, you're ovulating, you're having a period every month, you're not having PMS, you're not having pain, you're not bleeding too much. If you can check all those boxes, your hormones seem to be great to me. Okay. If you don't have gut symptoms, if you're waking up feeling energetic, like if you feel good, that's what I'm looking for. Things are in balance when you feel good. I don't know anyone like that. (laughs) 
think it's probably a part of, you know, how our culture functions, you Absolutely. know, and just, Absolutely. And I think I a mean, lot of what I help women do and is realize they're never at a place where they're a hundred percent, you know, like I'm good. I have no symptoms, but they realize like, oh, if I eat all of these things, this is what causes these symptoms. Or if I do too much of this, I get, you know, period pain. Or if I don't do this, I notice I don't have any energy and I feel shitty. So it's more of just realizing like, here are all the things I need. Am I going to always do them? Probably not. We don't live in that ideal world. But you know that you can live that way, basically. It's just a matter of being able to do it all. Well, and I think also putting as much attention and energy into that, into our health as we do to uh, being an amazing employee or business owner or partner or parent. It's like we wouldn't think twice about putting our all into those sorts of roles. Mm -hmm. But yet when it comes to genuinely taking care of ourselves or uh recognizing that we don't actually have to suffer mm-hmm. <laughs> and taking the steps to heal is huge. And I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. I find that another piece of sort of the conditioning of Western culture is one of immediacy. So if you're telling me I've got to wait multiple cycles, no, I'm not going to do that, you know, or, you know, so what, what advice would you have for somebody who is super used to popping pills, quick fixes, and they're like, this isn't working. How do I get my head in the game? I would just kind of hold up the mirror and be like, is this working for you? Is what you're doing working for you? And they're going to say, no, it's not. So then you have to shift something. And if you're not at a point where you're willing to make that shift, then you, you either have to deal with what you're currently dealing with or work on shifting your mindset to getting to the point where you realize like, I have to make some changes in my life. So, I mean, I'm not going to force you to make these changes. I'm not going to tell you, you have to live a certain way, but if you don't like the symptoms and the shit you're dealing with right now, then you got it. You have to make a choice. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting to hear your perspective. Cause I, I tend to be very similar in how I speak to people. <laughs> Like, how is this serving you? It's not serving you. So what are you going to do differently? And we don't have to make huge changes all at once. One small change can start to be a catalyst for bigger changes. You know, I had a a doctor, you know, a regular primary care doctor. Gosh, this was probably like 20 years ago. And she was really, really helpful for me as far as mindset, because she said I was coming to her about anxiety and I was really frustrated with the prospect of trying different anxiety medications. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, I, I wish that we had this manual telling us exactly how you were going to respond to everything. We don't. She goes, but what you have to remember is every time something doesn't work, you're one step closer to something that does. And although I wouldn't necessarily to advocate for that path now, mm-hmm. I definitely think it has its place for sure. But I do think there are plenty of other things we can do. That sentiment of being in it with your body for the long haul mm-hmm. 
is sort of a really powerful self-sentiment, I think. Absolutely. I think about this every time I'm sick because you like, like I recently over the holidays had RSV and the flu together. And I literally was like, I would rather die. I felt miserable. Uh, it was awful. I couldn't work. I couldn't hang out with my husband. I couldn't hang out with my daughter. I couldn't see my family that was in town. Like I couldn't do anything. And I, I think about that every time I'm sick, I'm like, if you don't have your health, what do you have? Literally, you cannot work. You cannot spend time. Like, why are you doing all the things you do? Why are you working? Why do you right. do anything that you do? It's so that, you know, you can live your life. If you don't have your health, you mm-hmm. cannot live your life. A hundred percent. So I'm curious if if people are listening and they are saying, oh, shit. I have so much work to do. (laughs) I have horrible bedtime routine and I have way too much stress in my life and my periods are painful or I'm, or I'm perimenopausal and I'm having a difficult time. What is your suggestion as a place to start? Start with the bedtime routine we talked about. Start there. Okay. Literally your stress can affect your gut health. It's going to affect inflammatory levels. It's going to affect your energy levels. It's going to affect your thyroid. Like, stress is the biggest thing that if you can nail that down the bedtime piece and like really get your nervous system a little bit more regulated one night of bad sleep is going to mess up your blood sugar the next day your insulin levels the next day who here is not having chronically awful sleep like most of us do so i think sleeping well and having some energy and regulating your cortisol a little bit is the biggest thing that you can do for yourself So if there's one thing that you want to work on, I would say get consistent with a a healthy bedtime routine that helps you get good sleep. Okay, cool. Is there a database or a resource where people could actually look up naturopathic doctors or functional medicine doctors, or is there any type of hub to find you people? (laughs) (laughs) I would say the AANP website, but... I know that most doctors, most NDs aren't always keeping up with that. And I think it's like, if you're not subscribed or like paying their fee, then you're not listed there. So I see. I would say, you know, type in naturopathic doctors near me or naturopathic doctors in general, because a lot of us do virtual medicine. So social media is a great way to find people too. If if not for word of mouth, asking people around your town, if you want to see someone that's particularly in person, ask around. I'm sure a couple of you're just a couple of friends away from finding an integrative doctor that they've seen and want to recommend or um google or social media like literally just t- go into instagram go into tiktok and type in you know whatever like integrative health or women's health or whatever it is that you're looking for get specific you'll find some people and you'll be able to work with them and i feel like i that's why i love social media too is because you can get a feel for how they are. I think most of the, people, mm-hmm. the women that come to me will already understand like the things that I talk about. They're ready. They know what I'm about, what we're going to do together. And I think that'll help you kind of prepare too. If you can find them on social media, just to get like, what kind of practitioner is this? Will I vibe with them? Are you bound by any sort of law like therapists are where they have to be licensed in the state of the yes the person who yes. they're working with yes. okay we do have certain boundaries and like what we can do is is determined by which state we're licensed in so I am more of a an actual doctor in certain states whereas in other states I'm just a glorified health coach so 
Okay. As we wrap up here, I would love to know if there are any specific things that you, I know you've danced around this and mentioned this a lot, any specific things that you see constantly from the women who come to see you who had no idea that there was a solution. I want people out there to go, I have that. I have that. Oh my gosh. I didn't, I didn't know that that wasn't normal. I didn't know I had another alternative. List them right now so that everybody knows you don't have to fucking suffer with this. Oh my God. Do we have another hour? Okay. So (laughs) my favorite thing, especially is heavy bleeding fibroids. Those two things are, I just love working on that with women because one, they're probably given very little options. Their options are birth control or a hysterectomy or get pregnant Mm -hmm. and see if that helps. For most people, that's what I hear is that those are the options they were given. And usually within like two to three cycles, I'm seeing their periods get lighter, their pain goes away. They're not having such inconsistent bleeding. It's more regulated within two to three cycles. So that is one that I absolutely love, 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 love working on is heavy bleeding. Or if you're just bleeding like every couple of weeks and, or you're on birth control and an IUD and you're still having really heavy bleeding. Like there's so much we can do. And there's such minimal changes that makes such a big difference. Like you don't have to be chained to your bathroom anymore. You don't have to cancel your vacation because you're going to be on your period. Like in just two to three cycles, we start to see changes, which is so exciting. So that's one. The other one, like we talked about before pain, of course, PMS symptoms, headaches, migraines, like breast tenderness, the acne, the mood swings, all of those happening before your period can be a factor. Fertility, if you're having trouble getting pregnant, thyroid issues that are poorly managed or may not even be caught yet, autoimmune issues, gut issues, any, you know, constipation or skin issues too. Like if you have chronic acne, cystic acne, you have eczema, psoriasis, all of those are telling me something's going on with your gut and your liver. So Typically, I do see if you have those those type of chronic skin issues, you may also have hormonal issues. So many of these things are so tied together. And I think you also mentioned before, and I wanted to comment on this, how you were like, people might be listening to this and feeling just like, I have all these things. Where do I begin? I don't have time. I'm so overwhelmed. A lot of what we do is going to be helping not one thing, but all of these things. You know, if you come to me with skin issues and your hair loss and cystic acne and heavy bleeding and gut issues, I'm not going to be like, we're going to address this one this way, this one this way. No, we're going to do everything together. The sleep piece is going to help all of this. The gut health piece is going to help all of this. The supplements we're adding in is helping everything as a whole. We're not just kind of, you know, whack-a-moling. We're we're making Mm -hmm. sure that the four or five things that we add to your routine are going to be helping all of the symptoms. So it can feel overwhelming when you try to DIY it because, you know, you don't, you may not be trying how to do this. So I definitely understand it feeling overwhelming, but we, that's kind of what I'm here for is helping you kind of narrow it down and be like, okay, these are the things we're going to do. And all of these things are going to hit the myriad of symptoms that you're having. Okay. So just a, a quick little side note how much is heavy bleeding? Like I know that's, I know that's definitely not me. Literally I'm working on a webinar right now. So I actually have the slides in front of me so I can tell you what I have here. So heavy bleeding 
when we quantify it, it's anything more than 80 milliliters, but most of us aren't always using a menstrual cup to kind of get the exact measure. Yeah. So that's hard to know. So other ways of knowing if you are bleeding more than that, or if you're, if your bleeding is heavy is if you're bleeding more than seven days, if you're having to double up on your products, if you're bleeding through mm-hmm. products every hour for four or more hours, if you're waking up at night to change your pad or tampon, or if you have clots that are bigger than the size of a quarter, or if you just have excessive clots that are painful, I don't really care how big they are. If you're having excessive clots and they're painful, that to me is also a sign that we got to work on some stuff. This has been very insightful and incredibly helpful. And it also makes me wonder if women had been in charge of our medical system (laughs) from the beginning if this would even be such an anomaly to so many of us. So I am so grateful that you picked up. Hopefully you can make it in time to go change your tampon (laughs) (laughs) and get back to your heavy bleeding webinar. Tell people where to find you. I know you blow up TikTok, but um, where do you prefer to hang out? Where can they find you? Honestly, I'm just all, all over the internet. You can find me in an email. You can find me in my newsletters. You can find me on social media. I'm always doing webinars, free webinars that I like to talk about period health all the time. So find me wherever you can hit me up on, on Instagram, send me a DM, um, email me, however you want to contact me, I am available. And what is your website? My website is just my name, my handle, basically drsarubala.com. Okay. And we will put that in the show notes. And then that's the same Dr. Yeah, Sarubala everywhere. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Yep. Sounds like you had an easy go with your name not. I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I have to start using my first name, um, using Green as well. Because funny. Yeah, believe it or not, Amy Smith was taken all the way across the board. It's so uncommon. (laughs) So, are you still accepting patients? Yes. Yep. I see people one-on-one. I also have a hybrid program where you work with me one-on-one and we have weekly group calls. I love that program. Seeing these women every single week is like my favorite thing. And we just like chat and hang out and talk about our periods and I help you kind of figure things out. And if you need more support. So I love my group program. Um, And then I also have an online course. If you're just more of a DIYer and you just want all the tools at your disposal, I have that too. Mm -hmm. So however you want to. Nice. Yes. Cool. And so this is all on your site. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming the group stuff and the DIY stuff, it wouldn't matter where you're located. Yeah. yeah, All of that is virtual. Yeah. Even one-on-one is, I see most of my people virtually because I like to be able to not have to limit where I can help people. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for picking up. Don't be surprised if you see a lot more from me. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. So I will let you go and I'll just say, see you later. All right. Oh my gosh, so much good information over there. I'm hoping that there were some little bits of wisdom there that help you. And if it's about seeking out your own naturopathic practitioner or someone who you have strong faith in that where you can kind of say, hey, here, I would love to kind of look at at my health from this angle or I'm concerned about my periods from this perspective and finding somebody who genuinely listens to you. I'm hoping that this uh, episode has been enlightening in that regard. And next week, I'll be back in your ear holes talking about women's health through a slightly different lens. And I hope you hang in here through this particular series. 
And in the meantime, I will see you around these parts next week. Please remember you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold-faced truth. Peace. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.